purpose of marketing is to, you know, you know, create, you know, you know, content material offers, uh, communications that cause people take to take a desired action. Um, we're in the we're in the in the the measurement and you know data business. So the, the more marketers can. Uh, and, and a marketing leader taking over a hypergrowth company can understand data, both data from marketing existing marketing programs, um, existing marketing activation, and frankly, data from across the company, uh, the better. Um, and the more credible uh, that marketing leader will be to the, likely the rest of the leadership team. Welcome to The Get, the Marketing Talent Podcast. This is Erica Seidel, your host. We explore what it takes to get and keep the best marketing leaders in the B2B SaaS world. So our guest today is someone that I think is one of the top SaaS marketers out there today. Um, his name is Mike Rayleigh. He is the SVP of marketing for Coveo. And Coveo uh, does AI software to manage customer relationships. Um, they just raised... Ooh, a lot of money, over $200 million, I believe, and the company's valued at over a billion, which is very impressive. I've actually tried to recruit Mike about three times now, and I haven't been successful, but I, I hold out hope that we will collaborate in that way someday. So anyway, Mike, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for that great introduction. Um, I, uh, I've, I've enjoyed um, working with you in the past, and um, you know, really, really, um, I'm delighted that you invited me to join you today talk about marketing trends. Yes, we're going to talk about all kinds of things. So marketing, leading a marketing team in a uh, hyper-growth company, hiring and trends for 2020 for marketing leadership in B2B SaaS companies. So I'm excited to get started. My first question for you, Mike, is what is the question that you would like to be asked to demonstrate your chops as a marketing leader? Leadership is all about uh, you know, working with and, and really gathering a group of people together to achieve a goal. And great marketing isn't really about fancy, creative, or uh, huge budgets. It's about really doing uh, work that makes a customer um, undertake an action that helps drive the business forward. So thinking about those things together, I, I guess the, the two questions I would ask or want to be asked would would be, how would your last CEO describe you, um, and uh, how would your uh, how would a marketing associate on your team describe you? And I think that you know hearing both those two descriptions would would speak to both performance um, and uh, the culture that um, that you know I was able to create on the team. Excellent, I love it. Um... I just love asking that question because I get all kinds of different answers, and I like that framework for it. Thank you. Um, so, Coveo, I know you guys don't publicly announce your revenue, but can you um, just share in broad strokes um, how the company has grown since you've been there? I know you've been there about eight, eight or nine years, I think. Uh, uh, so, we'd love to hear about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited and proud um, to have been a part of. Uh, Coveo's growth. I joined the business in uh, spring of 2011, and at the time uh, there were—I I don't remember exactly—but I want to say roughly 65 uh, people all around the world, mostly based in Quebec City, um, with some field sales and marketing in uh, in the U.S. Um, we grew—we've grown you know, dramatically since then. We had about 300 people 
two years ago, uh, December 2017, and we're now at about 500 people worldwide. Right now, we're onboarding about 50 people a quarter uh, when we're hiring to plan. Um, I know we'll, you know, look forward to talking a little bit more about about hiring, but you know, we are we're growing aggressively. Um, and you know, I think that when we we talk about growth, I think people, um, you know, adding great people to the team is one of our biggest constraints. So, does this count as hyper growth? I would think so. Um, <laughs> would you Would you think so? I would think so, but you know, it. I don't know if there's a definition. That's going to be one of my action items. Is there a definition of you know growth rate above a certain percentage? You know, within a certain amount of time. I would yeah. think so. I know you guys are considered <clears throat> a Canadian unicorn, so uh, you know whether you like that moniker or not. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, in terms of yeah, in terms of overall business growth, I mean, we're at fifty percent year on year. So, how has your role been different at the different stages of the company? Um, so, when I when I joined the business, uh, again, much smaller team, um, I uh, was hired to run demand generation and field marketing. Uh, there was a, a relatively small marketing team. I think of about there were about four of us, um, and you know, product marketing, demand gen. Um, we had a, a communications person and a head of marketing, and over the uh, the subsequent four years, um, tremendous amount of change in our business, um, which I could talk a little bit about, but grew the team more, more or less consistently focused on demand gen, but adding adding more elements of the marketing mix to my portfolio um, till about 2016 when we hit a, an inflection point um, where we you know brought in a chief marketing officer um, and he built a team of, you know, essentially a web team, expanded uh, product marketing, expanded content marketing, uh, got the team up to about, I'd say we're in the, the low 30s. Um, and over time, I've been adding um, just more skills to, to my portfolio and have been kind of working with a larger part of the group. Right now, I'm looking after our uh, solution uh, marketing, um, go-to-market programs, um, our digital experience, um, our customer marketing, uh, our creative team, and our events teams uh, work with me, and that's that's both in uh, North America and Europe. Got it. Great. So, mm -hmm. um, assuming that this is a hyper growth environment, so what what are the challenges that you had in hiring in this environment? Because you mentioned earlier that uh, you know you're capacity constrained, so I want to hear more about that. Yeah, you know, I think I think the um, you know, so I mentioned, you know, our office location. So thing one, um, you know, we, uh, when I joined the business, um, we had, you know, uh, you know, an office in Quebec City and have you know, subsequently opened, opened the offices that I've mentioned. Um, but initially we were working virtually and had a, had a strong virtual team, many people working from home from their kitchen tables and found over time that, um, you know, having people in an office, um, uh, made it easier to work. So thing one um, around challenges with hiring is um, we've we've sort of made a shift to uh, prioritize uh, where we can and where it makes sense hiring people into one of our offices, which is then now in one of those kind of core offices is uh, Montreal. And we are, you know, you know, we have, I think, 200, 250 employees in Montreal right now. We are, a, 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 you know, a great company to work for, but we're competing with a, a, a major um, you know, we're competing with major companies for talent uh, in the city, and that's that's really changed a lot of um, 
uh, yeah, that's that's just made it a little bit more difficult for us. Um, so um, we're always looking to you know stand out and differentiate. Got it. Um, yeah. Is there a particular way that you differentiate? Um, you know, because you, you obviously can't offer the the work from home situation to everybody. No, we can't. So we we built uh, really in Montreal particularly. We've 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 built an amazing. Um, I don't know if you've been to the city in, in Windsor Station, um, the top two floors. We've taken over of of the space. It's a great old uh, building. Looks a bit a little bit like a castle, um, and uh, it's just an, an amazing you know creative open space. So we've built great workspace. Uh, we have great work life benefits and we have you know a really i think a great opportunity for people to come in and and work in a culture that um it's uh, you know oftentimes a fairly flat organizational structure it really um allows people to be empowered to uh to get work done um and grow so you know that's what we've done you know the other but, but given the the competitiveness of of hiring in these you know in Montreal Quebec City um, and New York and San Francisco, as you know, um, it's been challenging to hire ahead of plan. I asked you um, before about the golden question that you would want to be asked. Um, do you have a golden question that you like to ask every marketer that you um, hire on your team? I have a couple uh, golden questions that I like to ask people, and it, it depends upon the role that, that we're hiring for. Um, I ask, um, you know, everybody in, in, in every uh, conversation I have uh, two questions um, really to understand uh, you know a couple of things depending upon the role and, and I'll give you the questions um, and, and they're probably you know ones that um, many other marketers are using um, it's tell me about the the project or program you uh, worked on that you're most proud of and why and then the second question which follows that immediately for a reason is tell me about your most spectacular failure and what you learn from it. And the the most proud um, question tells me about the person's motivation. What are what 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 is what is getting them? Um, what gets them excited? Um, where are they finding value? Um, how do they describe other people in that project? Um, sometimes I'll ask subsequent questions just about that that project. It it really is intended to prompt a discussion. Um, and that that really gives me great insight. And then the next question, the most spectacular failure, and I use those words carefully, um, help me understand: um, Can this person, you know, how resilient is this person? Can this person learn from failure and bounce back? How are they viewing? Um, how, do, how do they view? How, how do they view failure? Because in, in in marketing is in lots of you know probably other uh, domains in the company, failure is a, is a reality. We have to. We have to learn from this, and we want to fail as fast as possible. The interesting thing about hiring is that we think we're we're most of the way done once we have our set of interview questions, but it's really the listening and the probing and the defining of what a good answer is versus what an average answer is, and defining whether or not something can be found in an interview versus a different mm -hmm. setting. I think that's kind of where the art of hiring comes in. Yeah, it, it is. And, and I think to that end, you know, there are people who are great conversationalists and those great conversationalists are good in some roles in marketing, but not necessarily all. And your ability to carry on a, a, a high stakes conversation doesn't necessarily translate to the job. So a lot of times in our um, in our hiring processes, we 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 ask the candidate to take a challenge. 
um, of some kind. Yeah, typically like you know an hour's worth of work, um, but you know to create a either share some observations, you know, do some analysis, um, um, you know, share with us, you know, how they would handle a type of project, and then walk us through it. It creates a, a, a specific object of discussion that allows us to, you know, get away from the behavioral questions and get into a, you know, a kind of a real life scenario. Right. I like this idea of an object of discussion. I'm a big fan. Um, so you and I uh, collaborated on a search for a product marketing leader, which was really fun. Um, can you share, because I, I forget now, what was the actual object of discussion that we asked for? <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question. So we asked for a, um, uh, an external, from an external point of view, um, uh, take a look at Coveo's uh, marketing presence and um, what would you, you know, how would you, uh, what are your observations on it? And then based upon those observations, what would you do now, do next, and do later if you were appointed uh, head of product marketing? Talk, you know, kind of taking a different uh, tack here about lessons that you've learned that you would impart to somebody else who is newly taking on a marketing team in a hyper-growth company. First things first is, where possible, bring data to every conversation you're having. Um, the, you know, the purpose of marketing is to, you know, you know, create, you know, you know, content material offers, uh, communications that cause people take, to take a desired action. Um, we're in the we're in the in the the measurement and you know data business. So the, the more marketers can uh, and, and a marketing leader taking over a hyper growth company can understand data, both data from marketing existing marketing programs, um, existing marketing activation, and frankly data from across the company, uh, the better. Um, and the more credible uh, that marketing leader will be to the likely the rest of the leadership team. I think the the second thing is when you're building a, um, uh, a marketing team or running a marketing team in a high growth situation, change is an absolute constant. So what's important is that, you know, the marketing leader create a culture where people expect change and embrace change for, um, you know, for the good, um, but also have a really strong vision for, you know, what we're trying to do as a marketing team or what you're trying to do as a marketing team. And you know a strong set of shared values for how how we work together, um, and then and then finally it's really hiring you know great people. Um, somebody once told me, and I can't remember who is you know, uh, and it's great advice is you know, when when hiring you should look to hire people that scare you a little, um, and I like to think that. Um, we're doing that. You know, I'm hiring people who are smarter than me, who have uh, uh, more skills in areas than than I do. Um, and you know, it, it's your job as a as somebody who's you know taking over a marketing team at a hyper growth company is to to hire those great people and um, get out of their way. So let's say you um, you're advising a CEO of say a fifty million dollar company, and that company really wants to grow. And they have two different candidates for the head of marketing role. Um, and so there's, there's one candidate that comes from a huge company, say a billion-dollar company. And then there's a candidate who comes from, say, a $10 million business. So one person would be, as a, a friend of mine says, stooping into the role. And one would be stretching into the role. 
how would you advise that CEO? And the reason I ask is because this blend of scrappy and scale seems getting that right seems so key in a company that is growing quickly like Coveo. Yeah. Well, I, I think so. But I think the first question I would ask um, uh, of the CEO about the candidates that that uh, that they're looking at is, you know, did the candidate from the one billion dollar company grow it from 50 million? You know, to grow from 50 million plus means new products, maybe new markets and maybe new geographies. There's a lot of change, a lot of building that's got to get done. It's a challenging thing, and and you know part of this is hiring for potential versus hiring for experience. You know, I, I can I worked once at a billion dollar company. I'm thinking back to that time, and the the skills and the work that the you know senior marketers were doing there. I was working at FTI Consulting, um, were very different from kind of the work that we're doing um, at Coveo, and the the scale is different, and the amount of you know organizational. Um, attention or bureaucracy um, that they had to pay, you know deal with is 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 just not something that you want I think in a in a smaller company. Uh, let's talk about org design. Uh, can you share one unique organizational design decision that you've made as a marketing leader? Mm. So I, I think I made this this decision maybe not alone. Um, it would, it's with um, with our, our CMO Mark. Coveo is a land and expand, um, you know, sales and marketing motion, and we have a few land motions and buyers that that we're predominantly or buyer personas we're predominantly aiming at. So the chief marketing officer, chief digital officer, uh, for our, uh, our commerce and, and and website search uh, offerings, um, VP of support, customer service and support, COO for service and support offerings, and then uh, operations leaders and HR leaders for our employee experience offerings. So we have, we have multiple buyers that we're aimed at and a portfolio of products that, uh, a platform product and then a portfolio of uh, integrations with uh, ecosystem leaders like Salesforce, uh, Sitecore, AppDirect, Microsoft. Um, so there's some complexity in the way that we are going to market and our product management team is aligned by product ecosystem and our marketing team is predominantly organized by buyer persona and they don't always work well together. So what we have done is created in marketing a matrixed model where we have a marketing lead um, for acquisition and channel marketing by buyer persona that partners heavily with uh, solution and product marketing um, that essentially kind of square the matrix inside the business and you know product marketing is then more aligned in to, you know to our product management function um, so we're working really um, you know in heavy collaboration there and then we've taken the decision to centralize a lot of our shared services um, we have a sort of marketing ops demand center uh, we've got a creative team uh, event marketing also separate um, from the acquisition and channel marketing uh, group so it's a the, the way that we have operationalized this is we create crews, essentially, of people that are working on a business um, that don't have hierarchical responsibility to each other, but are working collaboratively on the go-to-market plan uh, for, for each of these motions. Yeah, yeah. And are these crews, you know, they, they focus on a certain, you know, go-to-market initiative for, you know, kind of forever? Or is it... Um, for just a, a, a span of time? We've adopted the Serious Decisions campaign framework, and for some of the crews, 
um, they're persistent, you know, because we're, we're, we're running campaigns to buyers that last 12 months um, it, it, where we can. Um, but then for specific projects, product launches, um, or, you know, uh, events, I could even say, um, we'll spin up, um, uh, you know, crews that have a de defined purpose. So for Dreamforce, we had a crew of people that were working cross-functionally to, you know, get that, um, get our presence there um, uh, executed. Um, for our customer uh, event, Coveo Impact, we do the same thing. Um, so these, these, you know, it's a it's a model where we're we're sort of used to collaborating um, on on a lot of cross functional things, and it allows us to get more work done. I think with a small group of people, um, um, highly empowered group of people, and also allows people to bring their best uh, to the work that they're doing. Let's look ahead at 2020 and talk about trends in marketing leadership that uh, uh, that that we see happening. Um, mm -hmm. So one thing that I've been seeing more of is just more and more CRO roles. So mm -hmm. people with sales backgrounds becoming CROs and having marketing reporting to them as well as sales and as well as customer success. Um, and so I wonder if, you know, a trend is that we're going to see some CMOs uh, kind of, I don't want to say washing out, but uh, uh, you know, CMO saying, uh, I don't want, I don't want to come down in title um, into a VP of marketing reporting to a CRO. I want to, and, and I don't want to work for a salesperson. So I, I see some uh, kind of ripples for, with CROs getting hired. Any any feedback on on that trend from you? Yeah, I um, I, I think that's interesting. I um, you know, I think that you know the the CRO. Uh, title is an interesting one because the you know the 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 goal in a growth oriented business is to to drive sales you know new acquisition uh, and as you said customer success right you know retention um, upsell cross sell um, where possible and I think that that um, makes sense my my um, I've never been a CMO so I can't um, speak to the you know what? What a CMO might you know might might want to do. I, I I viewed myself and you know marketing's role as really you know one of you know filling the funnel, helping fill the funnel. So I think that you know um, having the um, you know I think that the you know the core job of 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 marketing is to you know work with and enable uh, the sales team to win. Um, so you know I I see the trend happening. Um, you know, I um, you know I think that the reality um, of that probably most marketing leaders face. I know we face it is no matter how uh, no matter how the organization is structured, we ultimately do. Um, you know, we're all frankly in sales, and we do serve the the sales leader and have to collaborate. Uh, your turn. What's a what's a trend that you see for 2020? You know, I, I talked earlier. Um, I talked earlier about uh, uh, data. And I think that we're, what we're going to see um, is more convergence. Marketing leaders, um, you know, looking for data and information in other areas of the business. So above and beyond um, the, the the data from the marketing stack, which um, which is not, not always easy to get a handle on. Um, you know, company, you know, marketing leaders are going to be you know essentially coveting data from other parts of the business that can inform. Uh, uh, kind of marketing strategies. A, a company um, that uses Coveo, uh, in this case, it's their financial services business, not B2B SaaS. Um, but they, um, 
integrated Coveo across four of their websites, uh, serving customers, employers, investors, and advisors. And using the marketers using Coveo Analytics found that divorce, this keyword divorce, was both a high volume search term and a frequent topic in the contact center. So this insight helped them create a on-page search advertising campaign uh, promoted to visitors on the site and generated a, a million and a half uh, dollars in revenue alone. So by coveting data across the business, across the customer journey, across, you know, frankly, all the journeys with the business, I think marketers are going to get access to insights that they would never have had and, and that they can, they can, you know, frankly, do more with. So another one that I see is uh, the trend of leaning into role design for mm. senior marketers. Um, it's been said in the HBR, I believe, earlier this year that chief marketers do not fail for lack of talent. They do not fail for lack of effort. They fail for lack of clear role design. And so I think we're going to see more of a focus on that, whether it's on the uh, HR side internally with a company or with uh, search people on the outside or just CEOs leaning into it themselves and, and, and saying, you know, okay, I have maybe mishired in the past. I need to finally get this right and align my expectations with the actual responsibilities and authority and um, uh, incentives of the marketing team. So that's one. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I'd say that they, uh, the, the job design and role design is not uh, an issue that's exclusive, especially in a high growth company, to the marketing leader, right? It's uh, making sure that throughout the marketing organization, especially as the company grows, marketers are added, business, biz, the business expands, that, that role, role design and job design is clear for everybody. Uh, is there another trend that you want to share for 2020? You know, I, I, I think that, you know, kind of coming back to the, the, that, that topic of data and performance, um, you know, performance matters. And, um, you know, I always, I always feel like daylight is burning. And um, I think that over the past couple of years, there, there's been a, um, you know, proliferation of tactics and tools and technologies. And I think that what we're going to see is a sort of a leaning out in marketing, uh, uh, selecting the, 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 the best tools that work and getting rid of the ones that don't, selecting the best programs that work at a level of scale and getting rid of the, um, you know, kind of, or, or, you know, diminishing the things that are not working. You know, content marketing, I've heard a, a, a marketing, uh, a marketer that I met this year uh, told me that he's going to be on his marketing team putting content marketing on a diet um, to make sure that, you know, they're, they're 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 not writing content for its own sake, and they're ensuring that there's you know really strong performance data behind you know the content that they're creating. So I think that I think that leaning out is gonna is 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 really it, it, maybe it won't affect all industries, but as you as you're trying to grow, there's cost in you know you know the you know having so many tactics, so many um, so many technologies that are out there. You know, simplifying um, I think frankly will make it easier, especially if you're focusing on the things that are delivering real value. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I like that. I don't know how much my marketing technology friends are going to love that, but uh, but I can I can see your point, and I love the idea of putting content marketing on a diet. You know, it's. Um, there's this woman named Re Rebecca Lieb in New York who I really like and is a content marketing expert. And she has this whole concept of content as the Thanksgiving turkey. So, you know, you make a turkey and then 
over the next you know week or so, you have your turkey soup, then you have your turkey tetrazzini, you have your turkey sandwiches, you have this, you have that. And the whole idea is, you know, you have this one turkey and then all these different derivative assets, and it's the same thing with content. So that's, that's yeah. how she thinks of content. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. And then it, she, I, I, I love that. I, I love that concept. I think that's exactly right. You know, let, let's, let's do a few things, do them well, and, and get as much mileage out of, out of them as is absolutely possible. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So another trend I will share, um, more and more B2B SaaS companies getting investments, uh, whether um, just a, a contribution from private equity folks or coming under full private equity ownership. So the need to kind of talk PE is high. And um, at the same time, often PE people don't, um, don't hire marketers as often as they hire CEOs or CFOs. Uh, so the prediction is that the best marketers will get fluent in private equity speak instead. Now you guys yeah, just raise this huge round. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that um, you know the my my point of view on this is that um, uh, again, marketing exists to support the objectives of the business. So. Um, Marketers, it's it's deeply important to understand the the objectives of the business, the objectives of um, the, the the board, leadership team, investors, um, and and be fluent in them. Um, again, you know, the the more marketers understand um, understand the environment that they're working in, what success looks like, what good looks like, the the easier uh, the easier it is for them to drive the right program, strategy, marketing plans to support the go-to-market to achieve it. So I, I, I think you're right. I think the, the best marketers are going to, um, you know, become more fluent, um, especially if they're, you know, in a business that's backed by PE. Fabulous. Well, let's stop there. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a great conversation. We talked all kinds about all about all kinds of things, from hiring to hypergrowth to leadership to uh, to trends. So, this is fabulous. Thank you, uh, Eric. It's been really fun. I really enjoyed the the conversation today. Thanks for joining us today for the Get. Join us next time with another guest. Till then, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify, or check us out on LinkedIn and Twitter so you don't miss a thing.